0: Recording, correct? Welcome, Frog fans, to Post Game Beers Podcast. Brought to you by your boys, the Lupton Drinking Club. This is episode two, and we have heard and listened to your feedback on our first episode last week. Great content, guys. Terrible audio. We heard it loud and clear. Turns out our lack of experience uh, did make a huge difference, and we had no clue what we were doing. Uh, I digress. Hopefully this week is better and each week moving forward, it's more satisfactory to uh, your ears. What an opening weekend for the Frogs. We've got a ton of information to dive into after the MLB 4 tournament in Arizona and all five games that are uh, yet to come in the next week. Before we get into the weekend, I'm your host, Kyle Malloy at YellMK on Twitter. Joining me is my co-host, Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors, AKA the master of activities. Um, along with him, Ray Cartwright and Reed Simpson. Fellas, how's the weather down
1: there? So many activities, MK. We mastered all the activities. We miss you. We love you. We wish you were here. We had a great weekend. But so. what a weekend, man. What a weekend. Just from the hype of um, opening day, opening weekend, Frog ball back, you know how excited we've been. And just everything else leading up to it. We had some drama coming in. We golfed, we drank, we had fun um let's get into that a little bit boys yeah so um I was the first one to land in Phoenix um Thursday Thursday night Thursday night yeah I was gonna wait for uh, Ray and Jacob at the airport but just decided to go ahead and get an Uber and head to the hotel uh we booked through a third-party site hotels.com big third-party site you would think it'd be uh pretty legit and the hotel would be able to coordinate with the third party but I got here and they said they had no reservation for us. And every other hotel in Scottsdale slash the Phoenix area was sold out. Um, it was about two o'clock in the morning. once the No, well two, we yeah, so, so, we, so we got to the hotel about one thirty. But yeah. we've been in communication after uh, Ray and I landed about twelve thirty. Yeah, so I texted them and I said, "Hey, they have no reservation for us." And Jacob thought we were messing with them. So hey, MK. From my perspective, I'm about to land. My phone comes back to life, and I get a, the first thing I see is Reed say. They don't have a reservation. So it's like, holy F. I did a Jacob thing and I booked the wrong date. So I went back to my emails. I checked. I saw a confirmation date. The dates were right. I had a confirmation number. Everything was solid. I sent that to Reed and I said, dude, show him this and we're good. Meanwhile, Ray lands and he's like, our bags are lost. So at that point, I'm like, these it's dudes. blue spirit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, bag. right. So Ray had my bag to kind of circumvent the system. But at that point, I'm like. These dudes are messing with me. They got bored waiting on me to land and they decided, let's tell Jacob there's no hotel. Oh, and his bags are lost. But then Ray's like, found your bag. Now we just need to figure out the hotel. So once I finally taxied and I called Reed, I said, dude, what's going on? They said, uh, they tried to call you. And I said, I have no calls from anybody. So I called the hotel asked asking, what number do you have on file? They repeated the right phone number. I said, nobody called me. My theory is, they did not check like the third party booking system and only um gave hotel rooms to people who booked directly through him realized they messed up and straight up lied to us however all right you take it from here yeah so uh the the lady who was working the night shift i was there for about two hours before ray jacob got to the hotel and kind of made friends with the the lady working at the front desk and told her i was going to write a hotel review saying how helpful she was and miraculously of course she finds a room how about that? Right. Right. Um people management. Yeah. So, so she, she finds a room and, and they get here and, and we get one and everything ends up working out. Um and then we sleep that night and everything is fine. And then off
0: to golf the next morning, yeah, yeah. the next we, day. We yeah. take
1: a nap and go golf. Uh we had the LDC challenge, the LDC open, whatever we want to name yeah, it. We were, we were smashing fairly. Um, it didn't matter who won; it mattered who lost. And I the won. champion Reed Simpson won at Reed Simpson on Twitter. He's so proud of himself, MK. You hear him? And I, oh, I'm I'm seeing MK's face right now. He's gritting his teeth like, <laughs> if only I was there. I, it, it's 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 not the board. same
0: when we're all not there, guys. So it was a good it was a good golf uh, experience for it. I didn't see JJ Henry on the scorecard, but overall, you guys had fun.
1: We had the best time man the weather was absolutely perfect um friday was an a-plus day overall it was from... just anticipating opening day and yeah. getting to start off opening day with us playing the back nine barefooted and feeling the fairway under our feet with the sun shining on us mm-hmm. and drinking a coldie dude it was heaven yeah. it was out it, it wasn't until that point i realized holy shit, i'm on vacation i thought i was coming out here just for business so ray is our beer drinking champion you yeah. should have seen him, K. you would have been impressed He was crushing them. I may have come in last on the scorecard, but I came in first crushing beers. And then Reed was sending them all day. Those things might be related. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) Hey, you know what? But where you don't want to be is in the abyss middle, and that's where I found myself. Mediocre drinking, mediocre golf. I am a champion of nothing. Okay, so I saw
0: that.
1: uh, Reed is Vince McMahon walking down the fairway after he sends another bomb looking at birdie. (laughs) Three, for about two. the eighth in a row. And, I, I, and I see your face, dude. I I know, I know. You want you want to get in this. But, hey, you got every opportunity to be here. I don't, I don't, want, to jump, I don't want to jump ahead had had too life. much.
0: It looks like you guys uh, met some interesting folks over the weekend. I saw a picture with Kyle Peterson, a pic with uh, Brian Howard. Uh, I don't know if you guys ran into Ian Sadler. Uh, it sounds like you ran into some parents of, of players. Anybody you want to chat about, bring up on the board Where do we
1: even begin? I mean – Okay, seeing KP right off the right off the jump was cool. Um, I'm terrible at recognizing people. Reed was like, "That's Kyle Peterson." I'm like, "Sweet, I'm glad you recognized." Kyle Peterson,
0: ESPN announcer for college yep. baseball. Uh, very, very uh, familiar face. Once the College World Series starts.
1: Yeah, um, super good at growing college baseball, which you know we love. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So um, later in that game, later on the Friday game, uh, Brian Howard. It's hard to miss that guy. Even I could recognize him. Yeah, you can't miss the six nine lanky kid and of course he's the nicest guy in the world and he he put up with us and we beat him down for an inning or so and um yeah uh we hope to see brian in the bigs at some point this year if the season kicks off and more importantly on the podcast on the podcast yeah right which one that absolutely one. both yeah no he was a super nice guy that was fun um so that was friday and saturday who talked to coach moziello's wife there we go. oh that was friday night too actually. Friday night, yeah, yeah. yeah several yeah, yeah. parents today Great Thomas's dad is the nicest guy in the world. Shout out to him. Yeah, frogs definitely had the biggest contingent all week, and I would say they traveled the best. Even having San Diego State there, who's closer than us, the frogs definitely traveled. Which the best. is not surprising to me. When my one trip to Omaha in 2017, I thought for our site, like per capita, school we were the school, yeah, yeah we were the best represented school. Yeah, I uh, um, we travel so well, man. I love I love our frog fans, man. It's so cool. Even media that was covering the MLB Four tournament was like. Do y'all work? Do TCU fans have jobs? Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. We, just, we show, up, show up. Y'all show up before. It was a great well, one
0: thing. Do. One thing was clear on our end watching was that at least we got to see the game, stream the game on Friday, but right. we could really hear how loud um, y'all were. And I know it wasn't we just did. you, you three, but the the small crowd was very loud. It was very apparent that even when something good happened
1: for San Diego State,
0: frogs were always louder. Us three might as well have had a personal
1: mic on Friday where we were sitting. Once yeah. we realized we were sitting directly under the MLB mic, which was, you know how you have the net, right? Right right there in the home plate area. And we look up, like after you texted us MK, we looked up and saw the mic going, oh my God. We're convinced we, that's why we, they didn't <laughs> have streams the second, time, the second time, because they heard us on the mic. And like, Sorry about that, frog fans. We're cutting fans. them off. So once we realized we were, every single word we were saying was being streamed live we definitely moved, but yeah, no, it was, it, dude, the energy was incredible Friday night. Um, I mean, really awesome. was, let's get into the games.
0: Yeah. yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's go into the game recaps. We're going to quickly recap each of the games um, and then follow it up with some interesting points on uh, what we felt about afterwards. But um, Jacob, why don't you start with Friday night since that was a great start to the season.
1: Yeah. So we had San Diego state and uh, that was an old mountain West rivalry. Really cool to start out with a team like them to kick off the season. Energy was high. TCU jumps out to a one to nothing lead, thanks to our three and four hole hitters, who we will talk plenty about in the next however long we go. A couple of ba- uh, Brayden Taylor double, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do this on the fly a little bit. Yeah, Brayden Taylor doubles. Freshman Bishop comes up, singles him in. We start off one to nothing. We had Austin Krobe on the mound, who was spectacular, as we assumed he would be. He goes four innings scoreless. Oh, wow. He had seven strikeouts. So his pitch count, Got up there a little bit, and I really don't think we want to push guys with high pitch counts early in the season. So he did his job, especially for, the guy you're going to count on all year. Right. All so seven strikeouts, one, only one walk, four hits over four innings. So he definitely shut down that San Diego State lineup. Then we get into the sixth. San Diego. Oh, uh, we're actually up two to nothing at this point. San Diego State puts together a little bit of a rally. They go up three to two, and we still felt confident at that point. We go seventh and eighth scoreless once elijah got on in the ninth we said okay this is our game now we're gonna we got a little frog magic coming up tc puts up three in the ninth. adrenaline is high energy is high the river ran through it in the ninth, and we celebrate into friday night with a five to three frogs win mk on your end what did you see
0: i saw a lot so first off uh brayden taylor is that dude um he came up clutch not only in the first inning after Elijah and Boyers were, um, had, you know, they, they won two outs right away, which was kind of frustrating to start the game. He comes up smashing a double. He comes up big in the ninth inning uh, with another with another double to end up scoring. Um, I want to say that was Nunez. And then, you know, he was clutch all game. Second, you're right about Krobe. He had a good game. I wouldn't say it was amazing. It seemed like he was rushing a bit at the – in the second and third innings. And that's kind of when this really kind of wacky situation happened. I want to talk about this in the second inning where Crow was dealing at this point, still doing well. The ump missed a clear third strike on a batter who swung the bat. It was just the worst hack of a swing ever. Was and he was, oh, rewarded. Yeah. he was rewarded first base because it hit Petrie's glove. So, you know, terrible swing, should have been the last out of the inning. He gets to go to first base. We'll talk about the Petrie injury in a second, which was another issue. But our new head coach got extremely animated. He he got to the point where I thought he was going to get tossed, which was hilarious. Too. At this point, Krobe comes over. The pitcher yes. comes over and says, coach, get back in the dugout. I got these next two batters. And sure enough, sure enough he he did end up um, you know, finishing right. the inning. Yeah, away.
1: he got that third out.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they uh they interviewed Kirk. Uh, I, don't, I don't, They interviewed you know the coach a few innings later, which was kind of interesting to hear him on the call. I know you guys probably weren't able to see that. Uh, first off, he called the middle infielders grandpas, which is hilarious, just because, <laughs> uh you know Rogers and and Sacco are some of our older folks. But yeah, it was it was uh it was just a weird situation. It was great to see that energy from the coach at the very beginning because I feel like that the team kept that energy for the whole game, especially into that ninth inning.
1: So. TC starts out one zero. We celebrate well into the night here with our representatives of the LDC. Uh, probably night, a little, yeah. We long can night. unfortunately we don't have enough time to sure. go into that much detail. So MK, we go into Saturday. We're one zero. We're feeling good. We're hungover. What did you see Saturday?
0: Um, yeah, recapping game two versus the Cal Bears again. In the first inning, the frogs score first, which was a great sign to see. It was great to see them get out early a few runs over in the first we got another couple in the second um, and that was great on on the on the defensive side riley cornelio our starting pitcher started off extremely efficient um including a four pitch second inning so he was just burning through folks finally in the fourth um the bears get on the board but they don't really they don't go crazy so it's just four to one at that point point. and the eighth inning is really where the wheels fell off for the frogs. so we give up three runs at this point we're down by two it's it's six to four bears we burned through a bunch of our um, our pitchers at that point. We saw Caleb Bolden. We saw Tommy Vale, We saw Cohen Feaser, a guy we did not talk about on our first episode. Um, Augie Milbauer, a familiar name, and then at the end of the game, Gray Thomas. So we just – we did use a lot of pitchers just for a very short amount of time. It felt like we were going to come back because in the ninth inning, the Frogs tied it with – from Boyers and, again, Taylor, again, coming up clutch – and so we tied the game six to six. Hey, let's, 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 you know, let's keep going. We can do this. But sure enough, in the bottom of the ninth, Cal tripled basically to start it off, which was a bad sign. And then there was a wild pitch to end the game. So the Bears ended up winning seven to six. Again, strong start. Uh, but after that, it was kind of a rough middle to late innings where we just could not keep the offense going.
1: I credit Cal a lot in this game. Uh, I agree. They- they really impressed me because once we went up 4 to nothing after two innings, I said, this is a Saturday chill day. We're just going to coast to a dove and call it a day. Cal had other plans, man. They stuck in there. They battled. They grinded out a lead. Even when they gave up the lead in the ninth, a pinch hitter for Cal comes up in the ninth, ropes a triple, ends up scoring the game-winning run. You know, things like that in baseball happen. I, I credit us a lot with having the Moxie to come back there in the ninth for two games in a row. And really believing we're never out of a game, but Cal stuck with it. That pinch hitter coming up clutch there—that's that's just a credit to them. Hats off to thought That Cal. was a walk-off bomb, honestly. Just a yeah, great piece was. of hitting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from insane. a pinch hitter too in the bottom of the lineup. You just like, took your caps. I ahead. think he was a freshman. Cal's got a pretty special young group. I think they'll they'll be able to handle themselves in the pack. Let's talk about our young arms. We saw a little bit, and the Right. In. Despite the result, there was a lot of electricity that came out of the Tommy Vale came in uh, after Caleb Bolden. He came in in a really tough situation. It was very I high bases loaded. Bases loaded, yeah. one or two outs. Um, I don't have the note in front of me. But this was the situation we wanted to see Tommy Vale. I think it was one out, bases loaded. Yeah. And we said, you know what? This is exactly where we just talked about where we want to see Tommy Vale. So Kurt bringing him in in that situation. Uh, maybe he listened to the podcast and said, you know, those guys are right. In a high-leverage situation against a couple lefties coming up. So Tommy comes in. There was two lefties for Cal coming up. If I remember right, he gets the strikeout, and then uh, he gets out of the inning, no damage done. And the three of us are looking at each other saying, Tommy effing Vale, high leverage against Let's lefties. Go. Yeah, uh, swing and miss guy, got out of the inning. Yeah, so that was a super encouraging. Um, yeah, Cohen, Cohen Fester, If if we want to be super honest, he slipped under our radar. He did. Yeah. Uh, we apologize for that, Colin. He yeah, looks good. He had good stuff. Yeah, he's listening to the podcast like what about me? Right. I mean, I don't think we started like even hear his name until the last week when it was uh was it D one? I, I think it was the coach's show at um at oh, the, the, yeah, the coach's show. Um, yeah. When Kurt was hyping him up. Right. We're like, dang, we missed this guy. We had most of our lefties. I would say 89 to 91. Right. Most varieties out of the pen were 91, 92. And then Fester was 93, Fester, 94. Fester. And Gray Thomas was up oh to 96. Goodness. Dude, when we saw Gray Thomas come out, we said, oh, hell yeah, let's get a look at this yeah, guy. Because like, we you know how excited we get about newcomers, right? So Gray Thomas comes on the map. He's a – I mean, his stature, he's – little boy right uh relatively speaking that's that was my observation was, I, don't, I don't have his uh he's got a lot of weight. room to build out yeah i, I mean he's, he's a, a kid right yeah so, so he's a freshman he's 18 yeah. so he's warming up on the mound and he's around 88 89 So okay let's see what he's got his first fastball mk i think we clocked him at 94 96 96, 96. 20 24 we were like oh okay Same so gray right. thomas is that dude yeah. okay So he, you know, he gets a, um, he gets a strikeout there in the ninth. Okay. So he, yeah. So he's pumping them there in the, uh, in the eighth inning gets that strikeout. And then, yeah, obviously things got away from us in the end, but you know what, it's baseball. You're going to lose a game. I, my first thought after we lost is who cares Win two out of three, that's what you're aiming for every weekend. Let's go get Houston tomorrow. We saw a lot of positive things there Saturday night. Uh, we got to see a lot of arms. We we threw six different pitchers, and we weren't discouraged by any of them. I would say. Yeah. Then we go into Sunday. Uh, one hey, MK. I'm sorry. Did you have any more thoughts on that game? Let's read. No, not Let's really. Go. I think
0: I I I think that you said it best in that it was great to see the frogs come back tied in the ninth, what they had done the previous night. It's too right. bad they couldn't get one more run, but. It was great to show that moxie at the end that they weren't going to give up. So overall, it builds
1: character going forward through the season. You got these tough situations and they're coming through and uh, that just builds confidence throughout the season where we know we can do this, which is a culture we've established long ago, like guys who are long gone from the program have established that culture. And I think, if you come to TCU and you put on that uniform, you believe mm-hmm. you know we're, we're that team. Freshman arms have always gotten a chance. From mm-hmm. Brian Howard coming in in that 22 inning game against St. Houston State to Morrison throwing in the week, you always give the freshmen a chance, especially if they're as electric as the ones we have. Right. To uh, Garrett Wright last, uh, last year in the State Farm coming in against Mississippi State in a high-leverage situation and shutting it down, uh, they're not afraid to pitch these freshmen. You're listening to Post Game Beers podcast, brought to you by the finished long drink legend of 1952. All right, welcome back to Post Game Beers. Uh, we've recapped the San Diego State game. We've recapped the Cal game. We're one and one going into Sunday, and confidence is high because we believe, after what we've seen the first two games, we're a good team. Uh, we got Houston coming in. They dropped their first two games of the of the tournament. We thought that this would be the game where we really establish ourselves, where we really show our offense. Uh, We had Brett Walker on the mound who, you know, we were really high on in the first podcast. We're super excited to see him. Experience, experience, experience. And there's not really much to say about this game other than the Frogs really just showed, you know, what they're capable of. Uh, Uh, Brett Walker was incredible. We run ruled Houston 10 to nothing in eight innings um let me let's see brett Walker's six and two-thirds innings seven hits no runs two walks five strikeouts and the biggest takeaway i had from brett walker is we get up four to nothing early five to nothing going into the fourth and brett walker said my boys are taking care of me i'm gonna pump strikes i do not care how many singles up the middle you hit houston i'm gonna make you right more runs against me. we're not gonna give you freebies yeah so if you i'm gonna pump strikes." If I'm Brett Walker, this is what I'm thinking up there. I'm going to pump strikes. You get a couple singles. I don't care because we're going to get some outs. We had a couple of key double plays there when Houston felt like they were building a little something. Uh count on Walker? Uh, I don't believe it says here. Um, MK, what did you see from this game?
0: Another great game by the Frogs, wire to wire. They were dominant. Um, what I liked about this game was that the offense didn't stop in the second inning. Uh, we scored in the second, out. third, the seventh, and the eighth innings. And it really um, just kind of exactly what we wanted to see out of, of get them getting up there and really swinging the bat um brett walker obviously a great debut marcello again another impressive kind of um, intro this was his second time pitching in, in three days and it was great to see him come in there um in the seventh inning uh you know brayden taylor another crazy game he this dude is hit um, over 600 um through three games obviously that's not sustainable over a whole season but you know what? Or is did? it? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe it is or season. is it? Yeah. So another, and he also had uh, a defensive gem uh, that Chuck Lamondola was like, I don't know how he caught that thing. You know, kind of went off on that. Couple guys I want to I want to shout out. So uh, Reed Spenroth, um he had a great day, two for four, drilled a ball into the pitcher's leg, uh, which ended up being a hit. Um, had a had a hit at the end, uh, scoring in the in the ninth inning. Four um, RBI. And then Sacco, Tommy, Tommy freaking Sacco went three for four, two doubles. This guy just went out and raked today. So it was great to see some of that uh, veteran leadership step up and, and really swing the bat.
1: Friend of the LDC, Tommy Sacco. Literally obliterated Houston's franchise today. I have absolutely zero complaints from today's game. They came out, they took care of business. Yeah. Everybody had fun. We drank some beer. Houston had eight hits. I think they were all pretty spread out. A lot of them came with two outs. There were just singles up the middle, and Brett yeah. said, I don't care, and he went and struck the next guy And out that's and exactly I what I want to see from a pitcher pitching with a lead. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't want to see him up there filling up the count, walking guys, trying to be too perfect. I want him to say, I'm going to throw strikes, and odds are with me that it's going to be an out. And trust That'd his stuff, yeah. that it's good enough. He's going to be working ahead, and the defense is going to make plays behind him, and that's what we saw today. So they had eight hits, but they were all spread out. They were random, and, you know, we got more outs than they got hits, and we cruised to a win. To give kind of so, a productivity yeah. comp, I would say, he reminded me a lot of Steven Maxwell, who was on that first Omaha team. He was an experienced guy coming in on Sundays. He wasn't Matt Perk. He wasn't Kyle Winkler. Um, but he just – he got outs, and the hits he gave up were, were sporadic, and he didn't walk guys. He didn't give away runs. And, you know, a Pac-12 transfer, that's what you're going to get, experienced uh, weekend weekend pitching. So – what we saw so we awesome. finished the weekend two and one uh we're feeling pretty good that's what you want from every weekend right is yeah win yeah. the series uh, you don't need to this isn't football where you have to go undefeated you can drop a game you go two and one you're feeling pretty good especially rolling. considering the weekend some teams had across the country there was some craziness i, I need to get caught up personally i've been uh, really dialed into tc baseball as well as maximizing our time here in Arizona. <laughs> So I need to spend some time getting caught up on the on the national scene. But, you know, we don't even really care about that right now. Let's talk about frog ball. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's move into um, some likes, dislikes, things, uh, just some game notes that we uh, want to mention that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, a, a lot of the stuff on the like option I have been, I have already been covered. So one is that we came out firing in all three games. We scored in every first inning of the weekend, which I love. Love to see them coming out and do that. Um, Starting pitching is another huge one for me. I felt like Krob, Cornelio, and Brett Walker all did their jobs, um, even if we weren't able to finish it on Saturday night. Very impressive from all those guys. I I would imagine that they're going to get another weekend or two or um, until something happens because that looked like a solid lineup. Um, And then obviously we talked about um, Braden Taylor just kind of going off uh, some other guys to mention, Sacco's hitting over 500 all, already. Um, I would love to see Elijah Nunez and Luke Boyers um, a little stronger at the beginning. You know, there are leadoff batters. And so when you start off with two outs for two games, it doesn't put you in a hole. It's only the first inning. You know, baseball is a long game, but it certainly doesn't help. It just makes things more difficult. And I would love to have a guy on base when Taylor comes up um, in the third spot so he can knock him in with, with all those doubles that he's hitting. So... Uh, uh, Likes on your end, guys. I think the encouraging thing about that is
1: uh, Eli and Luke, they got stronger as the weekend went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got on base. They really set the table for these rallies. I I really was encouraged how TCU jumped out to early leads in um, all three games, uh, despite um, struggling at the top of the lineup a little bit. Braden Taylor and David Bishop, which we haven't even mentioned yet, Um, coming through with two outs early in the game to give us the lead. So it's really exciting to see what this offense can do with um, consistent production at the top of the lineup. Um, We don't want to overreact to three games because it's such a short sample size. But going forward, we want to definitely see more production at the top of the lineup. Now, to their credit, when – late in the game when it was on the line both elijah and um Luke came through to set the table for the guys in the middle of the lineup that produced all weekend and that's how we were able to uh come back against san diego state uh we came back against uh wow. cal yeah. and uh with with houston today i mean their their starters struggled but our guys at the top top of the lineup took advantage yeah, yeah. They made and, him work. Yeah. And that's one thing. He wasn't sporadic. He was in and around the zone. There were just some good ABs put together by our guys to really force him to attack the zone. And yeah. what do we always say about our lineup? We put them through the grinder. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're going to miss even an inch outside the zone, we ain't swinging at it. Yeah. We ain't, it's one of the most disciplined. Like I watch TCU mostly, but I definitely spend a lot of time watching other teams. I don't see other teams really pissing the pitchers off from the other team by Saying okay, that ball's a little bit outside. I ain't swinging at it. You're yeah, gonna have to throw me a strike. You will not cheat our lineup. That's no true. way. I have a buddy. He he's in the analytics department for the Diamondbacks, and he uh, sent me a text this weekend that said Braden Taylor's at bats look like big league at bats. Uh, and that a- and that's a great point. Um, I remember I was I was talking to a guy, a fan from Fort Worth. He flew out. To watch the team he was standing there by himself there in that ninth inning rally against san diego state and once we got that rally going in the ninth i said Brayden taylor is a hundred percent either tying this game or putting us in the lead because this game at this level is way too easy for him it looks like it all weekend he just has a presence in the box that was so elite so of course he strokes a double down the to the right field wall and i said i'd love to take credit for this but it was the easiest call ever I think the great thing you saw out of this offense, Um, it feels like the last couple of years you've seen out of TCU is they've been kind of slow starting offensively, a lot of low scoring games. So to see them come out, put five, seven, and then 10 on the board today is really encouraging going forward. What I would like to see from them going forward in the year and what I'm going to really be paying attention to is how they do against left-handed pitching. I know last year I that was an, probably the biggest note that, of the weekend. It, it, right. it, how many times did we talk about that? All weekend. And today we actually did come through against Houston's lefty. That was our first guy out of the pen. But it's been a trend since last year. And if I were to even probably go back further before that, I could probably see the same trend. It but, got more noticeable as our lineups got more and more left-handed heavy, but absolutely it's been a trend. Yeah, And we were told – um, that first pitcher that came out for Houston out of the pen, that's their only pro prospect right now on that squad. So to come out and hit him was really encouraging. Right, but on the downside, we jump out to a 4 nothing lead against Cal. They bring in a lefty. We don't score again until the ninth. Yeah. So it's going to be something to watch. Yeah,
0: real quick on that. In the first game, I we skipped over it because we won, and it was an exciting game at the end. But besides that first inning where we, we, we had, um, you know, Taylor had a huge – had a huge uh, double,
1: I want to say. And then uh, Bishop just, with the clutch hit, too. And then
0: Bishop with the clutch. So, we scored in the first inning. We did not have another hit until the sixth inning.
1: Well, so we, we did went, score two in the second. Did we get yeah, but, a hit um, in those in that inning?
0: Um,
1: yeah, Boy, yeah in Boyers with inning? a single. Taylor. Yeah, Taylor again. So, after okay. the second inning, after we the second were second innings,
0: so, so, we went basically yeah. Yeah, th- three innings after that without getting a hit, which I just thought was, like you said, you know, a lefty. And then um, the second game, they started off with a righty. And as soon as they switched to a lefty, that's when we, you know, slowed down a little bit in those middle innings. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Another small criticism, this is minor, and I, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but there were two bunt calls in the first game. That, right. To be honest, we, we don't have an opportunity to ask uh, any of the coaches about their mindset or their ideas on what they want to do. But I, I didn't agree with bunting Elijah Nunez or Porter Brown, Porter Brown's your, your, designated hitter. I want him going up there and swinging the bat. And they both of those at bats started off with two strikes because they could not lay down a bunt. But I, you know, that's a, that's another issue in itself. I think somebody commented on Twitter. I wish they could lay down a bunt. It's like, well, I'm not concerned with that. I'm more concerned with the bunt call itself. I want them. I agree. All I agree. of our guys getting up there swinging the bat and, and it start in, you know, one of them actually – I think uh, Elijah ended up getting a base hit on on the on – rope the single after getting
1: down and two strikes. Which started the rally there in the ninth. And, MK, I don't think any of us are going to disagree. If I was to play devil's advocate and I was defending the bunk call, I would say your guys got to execute. But I, I agree with you 100%. I want to see guys just swinging away. I mean, they're too talented. I don't want to take bats out of hands. Some other quick hits real quick before we move on. Uh, we had two freshmen starting in the lineup. We had David Bishop, who um, Martin's not with us today. He's living his best life out in California with his wife. Good for him. But he his quote was, I am all in on David Bishop. And that guy absolutely came through for us all weekend long. Super patient at-bats at the top of the lineup. He had a some clutch hole. hits. He had yeah. the game-winning hit against against San Diego State. It came with two strikes. It came not this particular hit, but he hit with two strikes. He hit with two outs. He hit with guys on base all weekend. He looked poised for a freshman up there. We had Maxwell hitting in the nine hole, and I didn't feel like he was overmatched in any of his at-bats. And even though he, I think he struck out in his first two at-bats, I told Reed and Ray, I don't care if he strikes out his first 19 at bats. I'm going to give this guy a chance. I'm going to see what he can do. And it didn't take him very long throughout the weekend to adjust to college pitching, have more competitive at bats, work some walks, get on base. So he was big for us. Yeah. Another, and, guy,
0: another guy I want to throw out there um, that probably wasn't expecting to play the entire weekend was Curtis Byrne. So we yeah, briefly mentioned start. this. I uh, heard
1: but- start with the bat. Uh, first, well, we, we can't start this conversation without saying what happened to Petrie absolutely sucks. Yeah. A, a, a guy had an absolutely terrible swing, uh, injured our guy and was rewarded for it. He Just a Ridwood. Ridiculous call. And unfortunately, Petrie, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's chilling in the dugout with a cast on. Yeah. So that's not good. We don't want to speculate, but he was in a sling. Yeah, that, Yeah, exactly. So which brings in Curtis Byrne, who had, had a monster weekend after he came in. He came in and produced, which is what he's, what he's done his entire career here at TCU. Whenever he gets his limited opportunities, he's producing. So it is good to see him in the lineup, um, despite the unfortunate circumstances that got him there. It's great to see so yeah, Curtis, without. Uh, you know, with uh, Curtis is, if he gets confident, if he gets rolling, he's got the most pure pop on the team up there. I agree, yeah. and he, and you know what? It's fun about him. He looks like such a catcher. Like if you were going to cast a movie about baseball and you needed a guy to play catcher, yeah. who better than Curtis Byrne, Man, I agree. good name too. He's got the, he's got a deep voice. Up like, infield, here's what we're doing. <laughs> he threw a runner out stealing also, which I was. You know he's a he's a bat first catcher without a doubt. But and he, I love that. Yeah, I he, love that He threw a guy out,
0: so I mean, so it, without he, projecting how long um is going to be out, we've got obviously Burns going to be our starter. Do we want to speculate on the backup catcher at this point, or maybe like a Tuesday or Wednesday? Yes, Jonah? we do
1: because we know it's it's Bobby Goodlow. So uh, Bobby Goodlow came in at the end of today's game and caught uh, once TCU kind of started putting some reserves in once they knew they had it in hand. But it does bring up an interesting question about if, God forbid, something were to happen to Curtis, I don't know, our catcher depth right now is a little limited because right now you have Bobby, which we have no idea. I mean, if, if Kirk says he's our third catcher, then we're going to trust that. But what about after that? So health right that- now at catcher is a little bit of a concern. I still think we're okay at, at catcher. Bobby Gulo is a great athlete. I fully have full confidence in him behind the plate. A couple more notes from me real quick. One good, one bad. Uh, Brett Walker today, obviously really good through his first four innings. But then in the fifth, when he struck out the last batter of that inning, we saw his swagger come out. Yeah, and that, yeah, was, that was really exciting to see. On the downside, my main man, Porter Brown, had a tough weekend. We had Spinrath in for him today, which I, I know I said last week, I never want to see Porter Brown come out of the lineup. And I still think, based on his production from last year, he's going to be a valuable piece for us today. But I, you know, given his first two games, which is a small sample size, I wasn't terribly upset to see somebody else get a hack at it today. and Spinrath was big, but actually a new guy. But I really hope you know Porter Brown can get his timing guy. It looked like a timing issue with him all weekend, and um, I hope he gets another chance in one of these midweek games to kind of figure that out.
0: Last note, um, on my end. I love the start for the new coach, uh, Kirk Sarluz. Obviously winning the first game, getting that first load off your shoulder was helpful. But most importantly, just watching the energy of the team, kind of kind of hearing it. And uh, we got we to see it on, on, on Friday and listen to it uh, yesterday and today. His style is just noticeably different than Schloss. And it's not like Schloss never got heated, you know, or he never yelled at an umpire. It just seems different from, from Sarloose. It seems very player-centric. He's a, he's a player's coach and I I just I felt like they fed off that um, uh, what he was doing so it was a great start for his head coaching career.
1: Well,
0: he knew it when it left the bat, didn't he? And
1: that baby was out of here by a mile. Welcome back to Post Game Beers, brought to you by the Lupton Drinking Club. We're here live in Arizona, um, finishing up our little vacation. We want to go in. in. The Papa go in. Shout out to them. man. They were—they uh, fixed our mistake and they let us in. I'm going to cough, so Reed, please edit this out. <laughs> <coughs> pardon me everybody for all our live listeners i'm not gonna edit i know uh we had to say goodbye to mk so um Daughter, daughter's basketball game comes 1st we're yeah we're, we're a family a while family the cats family. away the mice will play so yeah. let's loosen up and have some fun now that now that daddy's gone <laughs> by the way he absolutely freaking owned this on that meme he he oh, yeah. if you're listening to this um we'll, we'll tweet it out right? Yeah. Somebody make a note yeah, to tweet we'll, that out. We'll tweet it so y'all can tweet yeah, it. just go back and find it because I will never recover from that. We are now Brian Howard's are, children. Yes, we are. Brian Howard Brian Howard is now our daddy, and I hate it. I've never been, <laughs> I've never felt lower online than I did when he tweeted that, and I never laughed and so hard either. There's you can say to, like, we just got owned. Uh, Great. <sighs> no, I was laughing and depressed at the same time. <laughs> so we we recapped the opening series of Frogs Are Two and One going into the midweek. We've got a busy midweek. We're going to start off with SFA on Tuesday night out at Lupton. We hope to see you all there. For those, just real quick, for those of you who don't who don't know how uh, kind of college baseball midweeks work, there's normally a Tuesday midweek game. Uh, this week we have a Tuesday and Wednesday. No idea why that is, but yeah. so we start off Tuesday night against SFA. Um, that's six o'clock start at Lupton. We hope to see you all there. This is a common opponent for TCU. Last year, SFA was 20 and 31. TCU is 16 and 5 against them um, in history. I don't know why that sentence is kicking my butt so much. Words are hard. Words are hard. Uh, yeah. So that's Tuesday night. We got Cam Brown on the mound. Excited to see him. R.I.P. SFA loss. We don't know who the projected starter is for SFA, but honestly, boys, I kind of hope it's a lefty. Just so we can see it. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. I, I am super depressed with our lineup against lefties. And I kind of today helped a Despite little bit
0: the result yeah, against today. Houston.
1: Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's been a common trend. We've talked about it and I think I'm going to get sick of talking about it all season, unless we turn that around and start hitting some lefties. So we'll see who SFA throws. It should be a win for TCU as will Wednesday night against UTSA. But UTSA had a pretty decent year last year. They were 22 and 26. Um, that game is Wednesday night at six o'clock out at Lupton. I don't really have much on these games. They're midweek games. Um, I'm interested to to see who TCU throws. Exactly. Yeah. Because we don't know. We know Tuesday night is Cam Brown, but after that, man, we might see a freshman. Mm-hmm. It could be a number like, of guys. Give me your wild. Savage. Yeah. Give me your wild projection. A I, score, would like score, Luke, Har- Har- I would Har- Har- like Har- 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 to see Luke Savage get another opportunity uh, in the midweek because he came in, I think, on a Saturday. Was it Friday? It was Friday. And he didn't look as polished as he did for most of last year. And I think he's a great pitcher and he's a, he's a reliable arm to come out of the pen. So I would like confidence wise for him to get a few innings against one of those midweek. Teams. I'll disagree because only I've seen Luke Savage pitch for like the last 10 years. I kind of want to see some new blood, man. I, I, I get excited about newcomers. I want to see what they got. Like seeing Gray Thomas yesterday was yeah. super exciting. So we got storm hair or mm-hmm. I don't have the roster in front of me, but there's a lot of new arms that we could see on Wednesday seen night storm so. all weekend No, And I didn't expect to, be honest with you. but I didn't expect to see as many freshmen as we did. Yeah, I I really like that TCU has two midweek games here just so we can see some different irons, maybe get some different guys in the lineup, maybe see some more Reed Spinraff. Mm-hmm. Um, Porter Brown can get on track. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think these midweek games are tune-ups. They should be wins because we can just out-depth them. So we fully expect TCU to go into next weekend series with Nebraska at 4-1, so let's talk a little bit about nebraska we got them at globe Life field starting um friday february 25th at 6 p.m uh the saturday game's at 2 p.m the sunday game's at 1 p.m so we hope to see you guys all out there um we love connecting um we love connecting with fellow frog fans parents of players former players anybody yeah if y'all came and talked to us this weekend we really appreciate it absolutely yeah we obviously didn't start this group to you know, be recognized or anything, we just wanted to bring kind of an edge to what feels like a, a country club vibe at Lutton Stadium a lot. Uh, we appreciate the the support and we know we we push the boundaries often, uh, which is what we want to do. Can we hit on that real quick? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. So Saturday, as a lot of you guys may know, um, the game was not streamed anywhere. You couldn't find it I, I mean, maybe on the dark web. I don't know. I'm not on the dark web, but <laughs> no, not even no. the dark web. Yeah, yeah, because MLB's reach extends beyond the dark web. And if MLB says we have rights to this game and it is our right to deny anybody from watching it, then MLB's word is God. Yeah. And we found that out the hard way because we thought, hey, F it. why don't we just stream you own numbers? the rights, but you're not going to provide viewers with the stream. So I don't understand it, but I. Hey, we, we won't do it again. We understand there's legal ramifications. Yeah, sorry to the TCU communications team. Yeah, they if they have to deal with anything. We apologize. And we and we apologize to everybody who enjoyed the live stream on Saturday. You can't and, get it. You can't, can't do it again because yeah. we don't want to go to Gitmo. Right? We're we're cowards. We are soft. I, I, I don't mean, want to be waterboarded. I don't want to be I don't want to go to Gitmo because you can't watch TCU baseball from Gitmo. So that happened. That was a little bit of drama for us um, as a brand new group, just trying to make our way. Luckily, going forward, most games will be on ESPN+. Plus. But the we best teams, lessons. the best teams know how to handle adversity. And boys, we are a top We team. will. We are a national team. Because we will take the lead from the team we cover, and their mentals are top-notch, yep. so, so will our mentals. Ser- to, on a serious note, to piggyback off of that, we saw a lot of mental instability from teams we play, giving up leads, like our, our crowd this we weekend, scare teams our crowd this weekend was insane like they got in the head especially san diego state they got in the head of the, Couldn't the, find the strike zone uh, yeah wild pitches and that's been kind of a theme of really the past decade you know you come to State stadium you know you're gonna have to deal with a crowd especially in those late innings and they're gonna be they're gonna be hostile and we saw that this weekend and our team just never falters there's a we, we, brother, it's a culture that goes back. Yeah. Preach mindfulness and have for forever, I feel like, since I've been watching TCU baseball. And you know what? I know we said we weren't going to make Coach Sloss a thing, but if we're going to give him credit, that's Absolutely. something he established. I, 100%. That's yeah. probably his biggest contribution to the program is that mentality of, yep. you know, we are the alpha males when it comes to mentals, and these other teams are going to come in here and falter. Mm hmm. And we saw it twice this weekend. Yeah, so was, that's awesome. But going back to Nebraska, so. Oh, ne- yeah, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so Nebraska's a good team, okay? They had a rough weekend this weekend. Uh, Ray, what did, what did you see? They went one and three against Sam Houston State. But you know what? Honestly, I don't even care about that. Because last year, they were. I'm, I'm going to uh, read this with a good flow. All right, so going back to Nebraska, who we have this weekend. Um, I'm really looking forward to this series because it's out at Globe Life Field. I love going out there to watch baseball. I know there's a lot of criticism in the stadium, but I don't agree with it. I love watching baseball out there. The State Farm is awesome. I think I like it's a great Farm. venue. Yeah, State Farm was amazing last year. Nebraska's a good team. They had a rough weekend this weekend. Ray, what did they do? They went one and three against same Houston State. But I don't even really care about that because they were a good they were a number two seed last year in the Fayetteville regional. They went we, to- we know how to. They- yeah, that's like auto loss, but they were 34 and 14. Now they only played a conference schedule because of COVID. So I believe the record was a little bit inflated, which created a lot of controversy when it came down to tournament time and where, where they should be seated. Um, I agreed with the NCAA, which is not something I'll say very often. Um, they punished teams who did not play out of conference schedules, which sucks for the fans of those schools. But if you're, if if your conference screws you, that's not – you know that's not our fault. That's yeah. not the teams that played out of conference. We played Ole Miss, Mississippi State, it's it's Arkansas. With the actual not having a conference tournament, which is exactly, them it, and it should hurt them. Yeah. So Sorry, your RPI is low. The RPI is low, but I know I I disagreed with Kendall Rogers and the D1 crew when they said RPI should not matter this year because Nebraska didn't even have the chance to play out of conference. I care. said, well, then they don't get credit yeah. for it. Yep. Like, I'm sorry your conference screwed you, but you gotta live with those results because you play in that conference. Yeah. In the like, end, it didn't end up mattering because I think the best team well could it know. did in the sense that they had to go to Arkansas when they could sure. have been playing at home, right? Yeah. So what is Arkansas? We don't really know. We know they're good. Okay. So this is not some series where we can go into snooze and sweep. We're gonna have to play well, but I think. Their performance last year, at least in the regular season before they went to Fayetteville, is inflated. You just can't go to the weekend and cruise and expect three W's. I mean, they're good. They're not great. They're still. They're projected to finish the top of the Big Ten this year. Um, They have the Big Ten player of the year from last year, Max Anderson. Last year, he hit 332, 386 on base percentage and a 500 slug. So they got some players, man. They got some talent. They're a good team. It'll be a good test for TCU as, as we slowly build towards conference. Play. Right. It's, just, it's another good test. It is a good test. It's a, it's a power five team at the very least, which is going to be good for RPI later on. Um, I'm really hoping we can take two out of three. That's my goal for every weekend. Sweeps are nice, but if I drop a game or if we drop a game in conference, I'm not sweating it as long as we win two out of three.
0: Thank you for listening to Post Game Beers podcast, sponsored by Long Drink the taste of Finland.
1: All right. Welcome back to post game beers. We're almost done here. Um, we asked you guys on Twitter, if you had any questions and you guys did submit some. Hey, by the way, we want to thank y'all for a thousand followers. That's awesome. Yeah, that is we appreciate awesome. It. We had no idea that we would get even close <laughs> to that. Man. Funny story about that is the th- actual thousand follower was sitting a few rows behind yeah. us and shouted at us. said, like, hey, Boys that. have a thousand now. Thanks yeah. to me. That was cool. I don't. Know. Did you Did you talk to him, Ray? Who he did. Was, His name is Mark. Good dude. Hey, Mark. Mark, appreciate Rusty. you. Great dudes. They uh, called us out the start of the game uh, for not oh, walking for in. No, in with yeah, viewers. we were a little late getting there today. We had some um, We had some Uber drama, so we got there with one out to, uh, with one out in the first inning. So we were a little late, and then he I think he snapped a photo of us like right as soon as we sat down. Was like, where's your drinks? Yeah. Yep. But we made up for it. Call us out again, Mark. Yeah.
0: All
1: right. So to Twitter questions. Um, where do we start? Okay. So let's start here. What is the preferred drink before, during, after the game that comes from Derek Duke at Derek Duke twenty five? Of course, long drink.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we love, love long drink.
1: drink. We'll love uh, some Coors Light. Yeah, too. we definitely crush some Coors think because they don't sell long drink there at Talking Six Field. We did find some long drink at the bar Friday night, which was cool. Yeah. yeah, talked about that a little bit earlier. There was a cutout of long drink up on the wall. The place we ate dinner at last yeah. night, and then a couple of the places we went to served it. Yeah, yeah. So now KR again. Yeah, KR man, we love it. man. Yeah, like seriously, it's very good. Like the best drink is a free drink, but it's also cool when the free drink you get is legit delicious. Yeah. So if you guys haven't tried out long drink yet, it's the uh, the, the Finnish legend since the 1950s. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kr. Again, man. We're really enjoying this stuff. Uh, next question. Let's go to best uni. And also, what is better? Let's start with the uni first. So, best uni. That's from at uh, gmfp underscore best uni. You guys go first. I think TCU's uniforms today. I love the the pinstripe with the cursive frog, and of course, the throwback. Yeah, yeah. my favorite's the uh, Sunday throwbacks by far. Love yeah, the color. I agree. I love the Sunday throwback. I now own one. Thank you, Reed. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I will say the pinstripe with the frog script that they wore today—that's that's definitely my favorite. We I, I got a love the uniform honestly. matchup today. Houston had good uniforms today too. The worst of the weekend, San, San Diego, Diego State. State. Oh no! Those yeah. black with oh, red pinstripe. Black with pinstripe. Terrible look. Bad, I hated bad. it. Yeah. It was Bandy Walmart brand. I don't, I don't know, know, man. I, I don't like the blacks. I, mean, I don't know about the gir- the black jerseys have gotten better. Over the the grays we wore yesterday, I'm not a huge fan of. But I mean, it's road. Yeah, I I agree. I do love the, uh, the the all purple with the cursive script. Those are pretty oh, the cool. Frog They're not my favorite, but yeah. I like them. TCU's always had they they put good uniforms on. the field. So um, GMFP underscore also asked what is better about Sarloos and what was better about Schloss. It's too early to tell. Like, yeah. there's no way for us to answer we, that right we've now. We've hit on a couple of points, mainly the uh, energy kind energy of vibes, I would the, say. The uh, you know,
0: biggest
1: we've noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not even just, energy, just kind of feeling around the team. I mean, guys have beards. I think we haven't confirmed. Everybody's looser for yeah. sure, which I think is good. I don't know, man. It's really too early to tell. Like, I, I yeah. think as we go forward. We'll, um, we'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, I mean, we can pay attention to lineup construction, bullpen usage. Um, going in-game stuff. Right. We'll okay. get back. Yeah, it's it's just too early. That's really the takeaway. Um, will TCU go further than the great club out in Austin? I assume he's talking about the Texas Longhorns. That's from at I am Brad C from another dumb podcast, friend of the show. Thanks for the question, Brad. If I got to my head, no, they won't. I agree. Texas is great. They're experienced. They're talented. They have no weakness. Yeah. So bad luck is the only thing standing in their way. Injuries, things like that. No, they're, they're really good. And they proved it this weekend. I didn't catch how they did today, but they rolled the easy wins on mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday. So very good team. Yep. I and mean, what can you say? Them. Yeah. So they'll be good. Let's see. Last question from at Dustin Deeds 18. Is Jacob immortal or a vampire? <laughs> I'll let you guys answer first. Jay, I didn't see him sleep very much this weekend. So maybe both. I'm starting to scare myself with my endurance, man. Yeah. It is top notch. I can't hang. He's a vampire A vampire, Vape energy. I don't know. That's just a funny question. It's not really serious. So yeah. all right, guys. Uh let's see. Frogs two and one after a good weekend. Got a really fun five-game stretch coming up. So what? We'll five games to talk about next week. Oh, real yeah. quick, let's talk about uh themes oh. for weekends. Yep. Friday, go for it. Friday, uh, boot king. Friday, wear your boots out there. Yep. Um, so, the, if, the you wanna, thinking, if you want to, if you want to have some fun with us, show up in jeans and boots. The that's thinking, what we're doing uh, Friday. Behind that is the metal stands that TCU has. Whenever you got the boots on those metal stands, it, it's pretty freaking loud, man. Uh, Saturdays, TBD. We we're, we think we might go to Jersey Saturday, uh, but that's yep. that's still up in the air.
0: Lion shirt
1: that? Sunday. Big Hawaiian shirt. We're looking to go undefeated. We yeah, have let's have some greatest, fun man. out there, man. Let's uh let's theme up. Let's group up and let's yeah. have some fun. Um, a couple a couple other quick hits I wanted to get to in the first um podcast, but I had too much adrenaline going and I kind of forgot. Hunter Wolf has a new puppy named Wally. I don't know. Good puppy. Yeah. Luke Savage's charity. Do you guys have the name on that? I should Walter Payton Man of the Year. That's not Yeah, the name that's of the not charity. the name of it. Not the name of the charity. It's either. on the meme. Do you guys have the meme handy? Uh, find that out real quick okay it's uh blessedfeet.org blessedfeet.org check that out man that's really cool thing that Luke Savage is doing Johnny Reiser got engaged congrats Johnny shout out to Johnny finally um Russell Smith has a newborn baby shout out Ryder Ryder Russell big friend of the podcast yep so I wanted to hit those in the first one too much Mm -hmm. adrenaline and forgot but you know a little quick update on those guys so that's really it guys um We can close this out. We don't have MK here, so it's not going to be professional. But thank you guys for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who we met this weekend. It was really cool talking to y'all. Go Frogs. Um, We'll see you out at Lepton on Tuesday. Go Frogs. So Frogs.